Hello, hello, it's Al. Welcome to the podcast. I'm just checking in with you on my weekend chicken podcast. Hello. Hope you're having a very good week. <laughs> Hope you're having a good weekend. Do you know, shh, it's, it's 25 past six in the morning when I'm recording the podcast. Not that anyone is here with me to wake up. But what madness is that? Sunday morning, 25 past six. Well, I'll tell you why that happened. I've got this thing on my phone, it's called Twilight, and what it does is it turns off all the, um, you know, all the redness in a phone, because that's that's kind of been proven to wake you up again, so if you check your screen anytime quite late on, it just sends all sorts of chemicals through your brain that's basically going, wake up, Alan, don't go to sleep yet, wake up, play with me. So I've turned all them off, <laughs> I've turned them off. And um, that's what Twilight does. It just takes out all those wakey-uppy kind of, um, you know, colours and brightness and all that sort of stuff. But it also tells you when sundown is. <laughs> I'm, I'm Gary Cooper. I'll meet you at sundown. I'll meet you at sundown for a gunfight. Yeah, so um, it tells you when sundown is and it tells you when... when uh, what's the opposite of that? Sunrise! sunrise it tells you on sunrises as well and i looked at it it's quarter to nine and that uh, sunset is so i thought well okay it was about nine o'clock at the time i thought i'm gonna go to bed so i went to bed and obviously i didn't sleep straight away but i had a little read of my book but i think i was fast abobies by about half past ten which is ridiculous for me and um i woke up at 20 past four so I've been kind of in that sort of half-decided, shall I go back to bed thing, and in the end I've just got up. I'll probably have an afternoon nap. Yeah, I'll probably have an afternoon nap. So how are you? I hope you're okay. You know, this is this is podcast number seven, and the reason why I say that is because that's quite significant, because what I said I'd do when I first started this weekend check-in podcast is I said I was going to do a six-week trial, so over to you, should I carry on? Let me know. Contact me. Let me know whether I should carry on or not. I've had a bonkers week. Um, <laughs> I, I had the car in. The worst thing is that I put I put a full tank of petrol in on the Sunday and then took it in on the Monday for its MOT. And while I knew the exhaust was knackered and so it was going to need some work doing to it, I really didn't expect what came back because it failed its MOT on 12 different counts. And um, the guy, the mechanic guy, uh, he phoned me up in somber tones and he said, listen, Al, he said, uh, you know, we'll do the work for you if you want us to, but uh, it'll probably cost you about £1,100. And, uh, of course, the car costs significantly less than that. It's £900 the car cost me, so it'd be like buying a brand new car just to keep this one on the road. And he said... My advice is don't get the work done. It'd be a false economy. You'd be better getting a, another one. So he was nice and honest. He wasn't trying to rip me off. He actually cost himself money by telling me that he only charged me for the MOT. But um, yeah, £900 it cost me. And it's a it's like a 16-year-old BMW, so it looks kind of flash. You know, <laughs> I think people skip me for being like... Uh, socialist songwriter riding around in this bmw but it's really old and it cost me hardly any money and um part of me was thinking in, in the losing of it 
I wonder if this is the universe, you know, getting all kind of uh, mystic. <laughs> I thought, I wonder if this is the universe taking the car off me because I was actually a bit embarrassed to have it. So I wasn't allowed it anymore because I, I I wasn't just okay with having it. I'd always feel a bit strange coming up to gigs and people went, oh, look at your car. I'd always say, cost me 900 quid this, you know. So um, I think that's what's happened. I think my my shame in having something nice has meant that the universe has, has done the right and proper thing and taken it off me. So I don't have that car anymore. Now the good luck though, and I was very lucky with this car in the first place because when I, I hadn't driven for about 12 years and uh, when I, I decided that the train system in this country is so awful that it's impossible to get around and do gigs that way, uh, especially with all my equipment. You know, I had a gig in Bolton a couple of years ago that was right next door to the train station and I had to beg someone to give me a lift because the amount of time... Well, I just couldn't have done it. I couldn't have got to Bolton and back. I'm in Liverpool. This is how bonkers our train system is. Even when the venue is right next door, literally next door to the train station. So I decided I would get a car. And so, um, yeah, what have I done with that then? Uh, yeah, I decided to get a car. I'm a friend, Howard, who's uh, on the Liverpool 800 record. He used to drum for me, Howard. And um, he said, I know of this car, and it's an automatic. An automatic. So I really trust Howard. And um, I took his advice, and it, it's been a great car. And then on the moment that this one failed and was taken off the road, um, my other mate, Gareth, who did all the kind of mixing and mastering stuff on the, on the latest record, he had a car up for sale, um, which was a, a little runaround, little Nissan Micra from about 25 years ago. And again... It just so happened it was an automatic because that's all I'll drive really. Automatics. I just want to point the thing. I don't want to. I want. I don't want to be doing everything else. And Gareth is someone I really trust as well. So I. I kind of. I walked from where I am in the Swan up to. Um, up to kind of Garston Way, big long walk. Bought the car and brought it home again. So I was lucky, really, wasn't I? I mean, you could view that as really bad luck that the car didn't make its way through the MOT in such spectacular fashion. But to 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 lose the car in, on the day that another car from such a trusted source comes available, you know, you have to argue that I've been lucky there as well. So that kind of interrupted my... What day was that that all that happened? Might have been Tuesday or Wednesday. Not quite sure. It was Tuesday. It was Tuesday because on Tuesday night, I had my very first improv. So um, remember this improvised theatre thing? We're going to be improvising full-length plays. And so we've got the company together and we had our very first rehearsal. It went very well. few things that I want to tweak and revisit and, and that. But um, yeah, off, off to a decent start, I would say. And we've still got a couple of people who were either working or had got actors' jobs or whatever, who are yet to join us. So um, so that's pretty good. Um, what else has been going on? Do you know, I feel as though it's been a bit of a bonkers week where I've just been all over the place. Um, but it doesn't matter, does it? Because uh, we're going to have nuclear war soon anyway, so we shouldn't worry. There's a lot of things on... Um, <laughs> who is it on Facebook who thinks that spreading internet memes about nuclear war makes us feel safer <laughs> oh dear well i suppose it makes us feel uh, insignificant perhaps um 
you know, what does it all matter really? If uh, if the Donald is about to press the button, I don't think I don't think that's going to happen. By the way, I think we're all worrying needlessly. I think we should settle down, and uh, I don't think it's going to happen at all. I don't think we're going to have nuclear war. I don't think Kim or Donald are going to do that. And uh, yeah, if I'm wrong, you won't be around to to say I told you so. <laughs> So it's a, it's not that bold a prediction, but I'll 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 stay here, and I'll stand here in front of this microphone so it's recorded. You can hear it back. There will not be a nuclear war, and if there is, you won't be around to say so anyway. So yeah, so all that's been going on, hasn't it? All the career stuff, all the um, nuclear stuff. But um, I went to see about my voice on Monday, you know, because I've I've had to be taking a bit of a rest. I went to see. A vocal coach and it's a bit confusing really because remember I swallowed the camera and they said I had the beginning of nodules so it was like panic stations singer's nightmare and all that sort of stuff well this vocal coach that I went to tells me that in his opinion there's no way I've got nodules so I don't know what I've got and I know that I do have something going on still but the confusing thing is that the vocal coach couldn't really hear it because it's the first time he's heard me Remember I said the audience wouldn't pick up on it. And he said, you haven't got nodules because the, the vocal quality would be so impaired from what he was hearing. He said there's such clarity in the voice that it's definitely not nodules. And there'd be certain um, notes where the voice just wouldn't be able to go there. Um, but I know I've got something. I can feel that it's different. So I feel I feel in a bit of a, uh, a limbo at the moment because on the one hand... The, the hospital, I've looked at a camera and said they've got the beginnings of vocal nodules. On the other hand, my vocal coach is saying that I don't have vocal nodules. I know that there's something going on um, and nobody seems to know exactly what it is. So I've been given some vocal exercises, which I've started to do. Um, and I'll, I've had the hospital write with an appointment to go and see their vocal therapists and in the meantime, I'll, I'll keep on seeing this vocal coach. But in the meantime, I've had a camera down my throat. I'm having a camera in a different hole because I've got to go and have a colonoscopy. Um, remember I said I had the surprise finger up the up the bum in the last episode. Well, now they're upgrading to a camera. Do you know what? Lately, I've, I've had more cameras inside me than Pebble Mill. <laughs> so next week's going to be very disrupted. I've got, I've got all the things through. Um, no, they send you all the leaflets about what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do. First of all, I had to go and get a blood test. I had a blood test on Friday. Didn't much... I don't like blood tests. I don't like anything to do with veins. It makes me queasy to think about veins. Um, and so injections in them. Oh, I'm shuddering now even thinking about it. it. It it just sends me into a bit of a cold sweat. I remember having to have one a couple of years ago. And there was like a a very young, newly qualified nurse. And do you know when someone's newly qualified and they're really into the subject and they're not kind of experienced and jaded? <laughs> well, she was like that. She was um, she was full of it, you know, and she just wanted to share her knowledge with me and it was the worst thing that she could have done. And I was too polite to say, look, will you just shut up? But she was going through the full explanation of what she was doing and the thickness of the vein. Oh, God. And I could just feel myself coming in over this cold sweat. And next thing, I was gone. Bang. I'm out like a light. <laughs> so thankfully, this didn't happen this time. And um, 
I said to the nurse, you know, I said I'm very queasy. I always feel a bit embarrassed when I say that. But I think you're best to let them know because uh, at least they've got a little bit of warning and they don't want to faint on you. And she, she was very good. She was, um, you know, I, I barely felt the thing. It's not really that it's a painful thing. It's all the queasy thing about it. So I looked the other way. I, I, I went through my Liverpool team. I was trying to think of, um, I was thinking of Hamish, the dog. That I, I uh, sometimes mind. I haven't minded him for ages. I'll have to take him for a walk. If he remembers me. He might not remember me. It's a sad thought. Anyway, I was thinking about Hamish's face. And I was thinking about Kenny Dalgleish. And, uh, you know, all the usual kind of visual tricks I try to do when something unpleasant is going on. And, I, and it was done in no time. So I had to do that. But I, I've been reading that it's going to be such a disruptive week, really. Uh, I've had to cancel a couple of things because I'm getting that done on Friday, and uh, they sedate you. And when when I get sedated in any way, it's not it's not like a full general anaesthetic. They just kind of uh, put you on the happy pills. Um, but whenever I get sedated in any way, it really knocks me out. You know, if a normal person, um, not that I'm a normal person, uh, but if a normal person were to get any kind of sedation and it were to last a day, it lasts about four or five with me. So I do stay very groggy in the aftermath. I lose my mojo, that's what it is. I lose kind of my, uh, yeah, by mojo I mean my kind of energy, my get up and go, uh, my get up and go goes. <laughs> um, so yeah, and because I'm having it on Friday, this is what you have to do. On the Wednesday, you have to change your food. So they, they want particular kinds of food, food that, I don't know, they had this some sort of phrase for it. But what they said is you're not allowed to eat vegetables or pulses. And bang, there goes my entire diet. Because that's essentially all I eat. I have vegetables. I have uh, beans. And that's that's kind of it. That's what I eat. So all day Wednesday, I, I'm, I'm not allowed to really eat anything. I can have... They say I can have things like uh, fish or chicken and stuff. But of course, I don't eat anything with a face. I'm, I'm basically on the verge of vegan. And um, but they do allow you to to eat chocolate. They do allow you to eat ice creams. Good job I'm not fully vegan because I will eat those things. Um, yeah, what else am I allowed? To... Potatoes, but without the skin. Now I'm trying to suss out. Does this mean that I'll be allowed to have crisps? Because that'd be all right, wouldn't it, if I was allowed to have crisps? But I think all I'll be doing on the Wednesday and on the Thursday, actually, until six o'clock, which I'll tell you about in a minute. <laughs> all I'll be allowed to have, I think, is the middles of baked potatoes and um, chocolate and ice cream. So I don't know what that's going to do to my diet. But then anything that I do eat there is going to get well and truly flushed out because at six o'clock, they make you take this. Um, I had this done about 10 years ago, so I remember it well. Um, they, they, they make you take this like industrial laxative. And if anyone just has a search for Billy Connolly colonoscopy on YouTube, you'll thank me for it. He gives a very accurate description of what that industrial laxative does. Oh, it's it's horrific. It really is brutal. Um, so I'm going to have to have that on the, on the Thursday um, after I've had my baked potatoes, ice cream and chocolate. And, um, oh, do you know what I might do? I might get some flake and ice cream and I'll... I'll I'll smash up the flake and I'll pour it onto the ice cream. That'll be nice. Um, I'll probably feel horrible, though, by the time, you know, because you miss it. Knowing your body is is without nutrition, you miss it, don't you? It's like when you 
when you go on tour and stuff like that and you don't eat properly and your body's craving something like a vegetable. So I'm sure that'll be the case. I'm sure I'll be sick of chocolate and ice cream by the end of it. Um, yeah, but then I have to have another one of those again in the morning of the Friday. And, you know, just to kind of completely clear me out. So I'll be looking like a, I'll be looking like a bloody walnut <laughs> by the time the Friday comes. And then on the Friday itself, I have to go and, and, and they basically stick a tube up your bum uh, with a camera attached and they'll look all inside of me. And make sure everything is working normally. <laughs> what a, what a conversation! What a con- this is this is this is what happens. You see, when you democratise broadcasting, you just get somebody talking about this. Anyway, it might help my diet. I've kind of I had such a stressful week this week um, that I just decided to kind of knock off my diet and not eat anything that would make me overweight, but just kind of like. You know, take take a week off. Like I'm not going to lose weight. I'm not going to gain weight. And in fact, that's what's happened. So uh, I'm still on what I was last week. So I'm happy enough with that. And I'm sure when the entirety of me gets emptied out, next week's going to be uh, next week will be a big weight loss. It'll be a big help for the diet, no doubt. And and Mark, remember Mark started off with me. So we're both aiming for 13 stone by July next year. And Mark got in touch with me because I haven't heard from him for a couple of weeks. Um, let's just get his uh, picture up because he sends me a picture of his scale every week right let's see Mark's now down to 16 stone and a quarter he was 16.2 the last time I heard from him and when he started off he was 16 stone 6 so Mark's actually lost just over 6 pounds so well done Mark if you want to join us on this um, give us a shout and I'll read your weight out as well Um what else has happened? Oh, I did a workshop uh, yesterday, Connecting Communication. Um, it's a set of ideas that changed my life about four years ago. Uh, it's something that I practice as much as my human flaws allow. And um, yeah, we had uh, 10 people in the room and it was a lovely session. Um, considering that it's it's like a, a relatively serious topic, I really enjoy the fact that on, on the workshops there's always so much laughter um, and so that went really, really well. Got some lovely feedback. I'm going to be doing another one on the 23rd of September. So if you wanted to be on this one but have missed it, um, like the feedback was saying things like it was revelatory and stuff like that. So if you want to be part of that, it's only a tenner, by the way. I'm not doing this for money. I'm doing it because I want to do it. So if you, if you uh, come along to that, you'll find all the details to book at ticketor.com forward slash parry events so that's ticketor.com that's or ticketor.com forward slash parry events i'm doing another one on the 23rd of september places are strictly limited to no more than 12 and there's already been some bookings so if you fancy that come along and join us there so what else has been going on i'm rattling through this it feels really as though i've not got much to tell you because Everything has been kind of a bit of a whirlwind. A whirlwind? <laughs> it's been like a whirlwind this week. And um, so uh, it feels like nothing's really happened. I've just been running around, putting fires out, collecting cars and, you know. And I've been doing a lot of the time just kind of going through the workshop and getting familiar with it again. And 
and all the kind of planning for that as well. And I've been doing some coaching as well. You know, I do I do coaching now. I've got a um, I've got a fabulous client that I'm seeing every week, who's the chief executive of a a really amazing organisation. Uh, I won't say any more than that, but um, that's really exciting. That's um, I really enjoyed um, doing the coaching session there. So if anyone's after some coaching, then you know, give us a shout. Um, you can find me on uh, well, you you can find my email address at parrysongs.co.uk or go to empathicchange.com, which is where all my coachy stuff is. So that's good. Um, and footy's back, isn't it? Footy, the Premier League started yesterday. Well, actually started Friday. Did you see the game at all? I watched. I actually sat down and watched. Um, well, I missed the first fifteen minutes of Arsenal Leicester, and I thought, well, nothing will have happened. <laughs> and I got there. There'd already been two goals uh, within the first few minutes. But what a game that was! You know, I always say footy's boring, but that was actually a compelling watch. Four three in the end to Arsenal, um, and they look ropey as ever, don't they? Really. And speaking of um, same old problems, Liverpool, Liverpool, blimey. You know, I've been moaning for years about the quality of Liverpool's midfield and uh, still not rectified. For some reason, people think that just buying a centre-back will make that defence work better. And it just won't. The way that the reason why our defence doesn't work is down to coaching. You know, getting a, getting a big centre-half in will not help that. You know, it just won't. We've we've got you know you look at sides have got much less quality, much less money to spend and can still defend a lot better than us. It doesn't take a lot of coaching, does it really, to be able to organise a set piece? That's the way I'm kind of viewing it, and it, it makes me very Klopp sceptic. Not that I'm going to be like on the Klopp out brigade or anything like that, but look, his defensive record has been just as bad as Rodgers, and I used to always go on and say that Rodgers would never win the league for Liverpool because it's just not sustainable to try to outscore the opposition. You can look at any stats on this, by the way. A, a goal a goal saved is actually worth more in points than a goal scored. So having a good defence is crucial. If you look at teams that win the league, they, they pretty much always have a very, very good defence. And so I just don't see this model as sustainable. I, I criticise Brendan over it. Um... And I'm criticising Jürgen over it as well because he's just not fixed it. And to my mind, a good coach in whatever field sees a problem and ensures that it gets fixed. And this same problem, you know, every time we get a corner, in fact, we were we were three two up, and um, there was like five minutes to go. They put five minutes up on the board. I was watching it on my own, and I I, I, I said to myself out loud, I said out loud, if I was if I was these now. Um, I'm trying to think who we were even playing. Who we were playing yesterday? Watford. Yeah, if I was Watford now, I'd just be trying to get a set piece. I'd be knocking it into the corners and thinking, if we if we if we can get a corner here, knock it down the channel, see if we can get a corner. And of course, they knock it down the channels, and one of our defenders does a stupid thing, and they get this um, they get this set piece. It's like a corner, and they end up scoring from it. And um, it's just the same old problems, really. I don't understand how someone who's meant to be a world-class coach can't fix something as basic and fundamental as how to defend a set-piece. Because set-pieces are at the heart of football. That's what you expect, especially if you're a team who's going to have a lot of possession. You're going to expect that your opposition try and do you on set-pieces. 
and we just can't handle them, Liverpool. It, it's driving me. It's driving me a bit mad, really. Um, yeah. So uh, the other thing is, in terms of the midfield, you know, all people talk about is that we need forwards or that we need centre halves. Why? Why don't people ever question our midfield? I mean, Emre Chan is. Uh, I know he's a relatively young player and he's a strong lad and everything, and I don't want to slag him off, but I don't think he's quality, that level of quality. I mean, there was transfer rumours about him, and I was quite excited. I was thinking, fine, let this lad go, because I don't think he's good enough to be a Liverpool midfielder. He gives the ball away too often. He fouls people in stupid places. He takes about nine touches, so where you want the, the, the passing to be moving fast, it slows right down. And Wijnaldum as well, I mean, to be fair, I've never seen Wijnaldum in the flesh because I can't afford to go to the games anymore. Even though I've got a season ticket, I have to sell it on at face value because I just can't afford to go at these prices. But every time I've seen Wijnaldum, even though I'm not seeing everything that a fan sees from the terraces, you know, because you do see more of the game, to be fair, he just seems very um, unimpactful for me. He seems quite anonymous. I often forget he's on the pitch, and I don't think that's a good sign when you're playing in that kind of engine room. And um, yeah, so I, I was really hopeful that this transfer window we'd we'd get a couple of quality midfielders. But what's actually happened is we've got the same midfielders. We've lost Alana for two months. Now Coutinho's put in a transfer request, and we haven't really signed anyone. The only person who was new in that side. Was um, was Mo Salah, you know? It looks great, by the way, and he he got the penalty and he scored the goal and he's fast and he's dangerous, and he's a great signing, I think. But to have just one new person in the side, especially when now we've got, you see, the reason why we came fourth last year was because we had hardly any games. It's like what benefited Chelsea in terms of going on and winning the league. This year is going to be harder. It's going to be harder because now that we've got European games that we didn't have last time, well, we, you know, we've got to get past Hoffenheim and everything. But it's going to be harder, so you need more players in the side. So to have only signed one person and then maybe potentially be losing Coutinho, I think that's a bad summer. And here's my prediction for the season ahead for Liverpool. They'll finish 6th or 7th. I don't even think they'll be in the top 5. Um, so th- with the same squad of players or maybe even a worse squad of players if Coutinho goes then I think Liverpool are going to slip just by virtue of having extra games I mean we basically were playing a lot of kids at the end of last season anyway because he didn't have a lot of people to choose from now with more games that, that situation is going to be exacerbated I think so I'm, I'm, a, I'm fully expecting Liverpool to drop just by virtue of the extra games so, in my opinion, um, I think it's going to be 6th or 7th for Liverpool, which is a pretty depressing thought, really, as the season starts. I have very little hope for a, a good season. So, there's two predictions there. We're not going to go to nuclear war, so that's good news. But Liverpool are not going to do very well, and that's and that's bad news. The, the two managers I'm expecting to... to um, well, the two managers who I like best in the Premier League um, are Pochettino, I wonder if he'll stay at Spurs much longer because there's, there's rumblings there at Tottenham, isn't there? But Pochettino, I think, is an outstanding manager. And the other one, and Liverpool fans aren't going to like me for saying this, is Koeman. When Koeman was at Southampton, they played football, they got up the table, but they also had a very, very strong defence. 
and he's 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 bringing that to Everton now. If you look at, I mean, last season they did well. It was the opposite of Martinez. Last season they did well defensively, but this year he's got you know he's brought Michael Keane in. He's got a very strong back three there, and he's brought in the new goalkeeper Jordan Pickford. But crucially, some coaches know how to organise a defence and still play football, and some can only play football like Brendan and Jürgen while keeping their defence wide open. So they're two. They're my two top managers in the in the Premier League. It's um it's them two, Pochettino and Koeman. So um yeah, lots of footy then. We're coming up to the half hour mark and. Uh, Write into me. I'd love to know what you think. Should I carry this on this weekend check-in podcast malarkey, or should I uh, should I knock it on the head and do something else instead? You know, it's something to consider, isn't it? If if there's anything you want me to uh, talk about, then uh, let me know. If you have any ideas for the show, let me know. But the key question is: Should I carry on, or should I knock it on the head? Should I be doing something else of a Sunday instead? Because this was just like a, a little play project. I recommend play projects, by the way. A play project is when you you just bring something to fruition very, very quickly. No later than 30 days. You have an idea and you put it into action just as play to see whether you like it, see what you learn from it. Because I think learning doesn't come from, from books, although they help. Learning really only comes from doing it. So, um, yeah. Maybe think of a play project for yourself and let me know what it is. What's your play project? Something that you've dreamt of doing and that you're going to do in some form, even if it's in reduced form. At some point in the next 30 days, you're going to bring it into fruition and be able to share it with somebody else. Let me know what your play project is and let me know if this play project should carry on. So that's all from me this weekend. I'm going to keep it nice and uh, nice and easy. I might go back to bed even, because it's not even 7 o'clock yet when I'm recording this. And uh, I've had me moan about the footy. That's that's what footy's for, isn't it? Footy now is to allow people like me to moan and to allow corporate monsters to emblazon stuff all across the shirts of millionaires. That's football now. Oh, well. Well, there might be a nuclear war, <laughs> so cheer up. <laughs> right, that's all from me, Al, and uh, I'll I'll see you next Sunday, maybe. You let me know. Do you think I should bang it on the head, keep on going? But for the meantime, I'm going to play you out, as ever, completely randomly. As I'm talking now, I don't even know what I'm going to be playing you, but I'll be playing you out with the song of the week. Tatty bye! Patsy was a carpenter Just like his dad before Like his father's father Worked with the plane and saw Who'd think in modern times This trade could cost his blood he received his last rites Laying in the Wembley mud Run Patsy, run Patsy, run Patsy, run They yelled as it fell from the crane 
run, Patsy, run, Patsy, run, Patsy, run. Nobody shoulders the blame or the blame. Now the players line up in the colors of the team. A brass band march across the grass and play God save the queen. Who saved dear Patsy? Who'd see him right when Wembley? was no football ground just an unsafe building site and the blood and the dirt was still in his cell as they laid him out and the building site's dirt was ingrained in his fingers just couldn't scrub it out Sons and fathers await poor Patsy's fate. Sacrificed on building sites for someone's profit rate. Like so much human fodder to meet an end like this. Just another payroll number. To be scratched from off the list Run Patsy, run Patsy, run Patsy, run They yelled as it fell from the crane Run Patsy, run Patsy, run Patsy, run Nobody's shoulders to blame Oh, run Patsy, run Patsy, run Patsy, run they yelled as it fell from the crane Run Patsy, run Patsy, run Patsy, run Nobody's shoulders the blame Or the blame